Hello everyone, this is the Take 6 Africa podcast. Welcome back to the show. If it's your first time, karibu sana. On this show, we talk with another fantastic creator and we speak about filmmaking and what it means to be a filmmaker. And if you have any thoughts on that, you know, you, you can put in a comment on our Facebook page or if you know me personally, reach out. And we talk about good food, illicit activities and so much more. Good listening. Hey man, what's up? That's for me, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm good. Nairobi sun is up. Oh yeah. Um, is this normally the dry, the dry season? We have seasons anymore. Everything has changed. Everything is changing. It might might rain tomorrow for all we care. Yeah, I happen to be happen to be in Ruaka, and it seems like. Uh, no, the other day someone was asking which part of which part of Nairobi are you? <laughs> it rained where we were, and I'm like, uh, it did not rain there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we've just had a lovely meal of injera with uh, what was it? Um, a lot of additionals. I remember boiled egg. <laughs> Hard boiled egg. Oh yeah, and 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 and, and skumawiki. Mm. Called kills, yeah, and kills, yeah, and cabbage and, and uh, some mincemeat and like silks. Yeah, it's a Somali Somali blend. Anjera. I didn't realize until a few days ago that <laughs> Anjera is from Somalia and Injera is from Ethiopia. I used to think they were all the same. And every time I was eating from this place, City Star Restaurant, by the way, on next to Nation House, it's not a plug. Way cheap like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's not cheap. It's good food. It's good food. So, it's cheap. Yeah. It's cheap. <laughs> cheap, good food. If you're ever in Nairobi, come here. It's nice Somali food. They also have like these camel mixes and things. Anyway, so in case you hear this this background noise, please note we are in a restaurant. Yeah. It is COVID. It is the 27th of January. And yeah, the restaurant's a lot less busy than before. You know. I think by this time, if it's, uh, we're recording at uh, 4.34. PM. Uh, yeah, it would be a mess. Yeah, like everyone's like coming from work, yeah. people eating, blah blah blah. There's a lot of noise, a lot of chaos. But now the tables have been split, split up, so it's uh, it's quite quite an interesting experience to be here, and it's more refreshing for me. I don't know why. I like space. It's distracting for me. I'm not used to seeing so much empty spaces. Really? Yeah. I'm distracted by the empty seats. <laughs> There should be humans there. Well, you know what? Please introduce yourself. Let's get this going. <laughs> so then we can start talking about mm, random things. Yeah, I am Murethi Mwangi, a filmmaker based and living in Nairobi, Kenya. Yeah. And I think the best I can do at introducing myself is say, I'm a son of this land called Kenya. Probably as we speak, through this podcast. What is this? <laughs> it's supposed to be a podcast. It's a podcast, so yeah. we won't call it an interview. Well, it's a podcast interview, but okay, I, I like to look at them as conversations. Ah, through this conversation, you'll get to learn more about me. Okay, um, so we were talking earlier about your early school years. <laughs> we, we shan't go into the illicit activities. <laughs> there were quite many. <laughs> yeah, for those who want details, please contact me on, uh, after the show. But uh, the Muridi Mwangi that I know has lived a, quite a storied life. It's been quite interesting. I wish I'd actually recorded that. Because then that would make for, I'm telling you, it would make for a lovely TV series. It would, it would. I was a possessed boy. That's what I did. <laughs> possessed by what? I don't know. There's no way a normal person could have done or involved themselves in what I did when I was in high school. Even in primary school. Really, there are some things I look back in time and wonder what the hell, what the hell was, who was that? Because that's not me. Ah. Yeah, the Morikimwangi you see now, this is me. That other one, <laughs> an alter ego with no name. 
I, I think that, and we were talking about this earlier, I think what school does, at least in East Africa, because, no, no, let's say Kenya and Uganda, because it's kind of like similar in that way. Um, it's more about taming people, not, not yeah. guidance, but yeah. taming the, the human spirit. And so if you can't conform people to a certain way, yes. then they're considered rebels. And yet, interestingly, once they, like, two, two things tend to happen. One, you have a human who's over-rebellious. Mm-hmm. And then, the other side, you have a very docile human who's not assertive. Oh, yeah, so... And maybe that's the second that's the second part that they wanted to achieve. I don't know if that's a colonial thing. I hate to use the word colonial, but I guess But it is. If you look you look at our schools by design and we haven't lost the colonial touch where you're not taught to think, you're taught to remember, you're not taught to be, you're taught to do. So that uh, any the only thing that makes sense to them is be capable of employment by the time you we are done with you. Okay. And, and and remember everything that we taught you because that's what you'll apply at the workplace. Apparently. No, but it's interesting you say that and I'll bring it back to the creative in a moment. No. But and I know you you love history, so we'll also get into that. No. Uh work basically school was designed to train mules. Yes. And mules, obviously, by nature, go where everyone... They work hard and they go yes. where... So we're like, kind of like economic animals, as yes. they say. I think, I think it's a term in economics. <laughs> so... Creative... Creative people are not celebrated... Not at all. ...in this economy. Because, because the system is designed to get you to follow a certain path. Yes. And those paths were set through professions. You know, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're a teacher, you're a doctor. Like, I mean, even accountants. One, I don't know if that was a. I think that was more like a, an apprenticeship in yeah. accounting. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that because now, with the way life has moved, and how creative, the creative industries exist as a profession, yes. even though not so respected, but a little better than yes. the 90s. Yes. Um, it's interesting that this is, all, this is probably clashing with the way our parents saw life and the way we are also seeing life, because I think for millennials, that's people born from 1980 to like 90, what, 94? Like, we're, we're in that space where... We were not our parents, but we're also not the new generation. <laughs> so we're like, oh, like stuck in between. Like, Mister, yeah. We're the first people to see mobile phones. Yeah. We're the first people to see computers, yeah. at least in our generation. Yeah. So, so then we're also stuck. Like, we can't quite find ourselves. And you find a lot of millennials struggling with that. Sorry, I'm talking too much. I should let you speak. <laughs> it's your interview. <laughs> What, what you mentioned when you say when you say when you speak about creativity and why it's not celebrated, I also think that it's it's, it's counter to everything we know about wealth creation as East Africans. Mm. To be wealthy in Kenya, the context that I know well, or I would imagine I do. Mm-hmm. To be wealthy here is to own land. It's to own property. Yeah, that's that's our that's that's our gauge for how wealthy a person is. Mm. To say that your mind is a potential source for wealth. Yeah, because of your imagination, mm. that is heresy. If you would say that, it's 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 not. And I think and I feel like that's the biggest battle that our parents' generation has with the pursuits that we have as these the millennials as we would say. Yeah. Because we 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 are we've 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 embraced a level of thinking, we've embraced a level of imagination that was sort of shut in them. Like I, I look at I look at my parents, for instance, and my dad, who's 
who's been an aviator all his life or all his career life mm. has a box full of awards he won in in high school mm. in art and literature oh he couldn't practice any of that my mom has a book where she she has designs mm. that she drew in the 80s yeah because her idea she was drawn to fashion and fashion design was a thing though she didn't have a name for it because it's not in her language in that time yeah it's a thing she tried in the designs that she drew in her a4 book that she still has to this day but then again that's not a career you pursue because it's not a career that's known to a people who really try and by all means to escape from poverty mm. and become something in their lives and and this something as so the, uh, the when the when the britons are here mm. what they took away from us they took away lands so that then they could uh, grow crops they could do you know cash crops that that sort of agriculture yeah every everything in them in their message regarding what wealth is pointed towards land and property and such tangible and imagination is not that hmm interesting I like that um it's uh when you mention your dad and your mom and things they they were celebrated for it's it's i find that quite quite uh what's it I don't want to say paradoxical mm. maybe that's the word um, that they got awarded yeah. for literature for drama for yeah. you know people get get all these these celebrations like oh I got a first prize in a yes. drama competition and then when you leave school it suddenly feels like oh yeah no that's a hobby that's a hobby so why do you give me an award for that like that's the most confusing thing one of the most confusing things about school because yeah. if If you don't if you don't think they're worth anything why do we even have competitions for them why do they exist you know yeah I should have a conversation with someone who's, who's who runs these things and and here why what's the rationale behind them because yes yeah, some people nowadays will say they're promoting culture or preserving culture but like when you come out of school it suddenly feels like your culture shouldn't be celebrated and made money from you know it's almost like you should only make money from yeah. a proper job proper yeah. in quotes. Proper in quotes, true. Yeah. But I, but I also feel like uh, that largely culture is not a thing we understand. It's in, in books we, we do say um, they preserve culture. But really, if you look at our nation and all the conversations that revolve around culture driven by government driven by people in positions of power mm. culture really is only used as a word when you're pushing people towards subservience or shaming people it's mm. not a thing you say when you're celebrating people it will should we, should we should we mention that man who has an office in Uchumi house uh in no, his but, but since, since you since we since you've mentioned his location then those who know know those who know if know. you know you know yeah <laughs> you'll you'll see you uh, because of his position and what his position supposedly allows him uh, or what freedom it supposedly gives him to uh, voice his opinions or yeah opinions it's easy for him to speak about culture when it's about the preservation of uh, a status quo and it's about the preservation of power so that anything that seems to be counter cultural or anything that seems to be a threat to that yeah is 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 muted that's the only time we'll speak about culture we don't we do not we do not we do not appreciate culture as a vehicle for development we don't yeah we don't and it's surprising because uh, maybe i may have mentioned this in some other forum on this one that 
in 2008 during the financial crisis, the, the creative industries were the only ones that weren't severely affected by by the by the credit crunch, you know. Because truth be told, people always need entertainment. People always need to to get some way of reprieve from yes. their daily lives. And yes. how do they do that? They go watch a comedy show or they go to a film yes. or they go to a music concert and blah, blah, blah. And this is in a way, at the time we're in, this is 2021. And to be honest, it's more like an extension of 2020, even though people may not want to admit it. They yeah. say, oh my God, new year, new me, my friend. It's the same year. Just different, you know. The days just changed. <laughs> the yeah, days just changed. True. But we're still in, we're still in the middle of of a pandemic. pandemic and in this time, like people have have come up with ways to entertain other people. People have adopted uh, online platforms with you know content platforms that is social media. People are doing more online, and I am one of those people. <laughs> I never used to be on Instagram. I never, like it's like now every day, at least three or five, three to five times a day, I'm posting something. Yeah. Whether I'm reposting something or something I've created, you know. So this this is something that people people need. Like people don't realize how much we need the creative arts. Yeah. And when you say that thing about, I, I, I like to, I, I'd, I'd like to make it more controversial. Weaponizing. Uh, culture yes. to suit your purposes. So you say, oh my God, you're putting on these these shows, they are vulgar, they are what what. Yes. And then in the same in the in the same line you turn around and say, like for example in Uganda, my beloved president said the arts you know, they're not they're not beneficial to society. And or at least that was what we interpreted from it. So when your leader tells you something like that, you know, then you start to wonder. Uh, so all these things that people consume, you know, they're not valuable. Yeah. They're not worth investing in. You know, because people always need entertainment. People always need to go get a drink. Yes. People always need to go eat. Yes. All that is culture. People don't even realize that food. We just had injera. It's from it's from Somalia. You know. Like, I wouldn't have had that if people didn't, you know, because culture is it's different things, like the food, the language, the people, the dancers, you know, the, the dress, the way of life. That's all culture. It's not just entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, let me ask you a question now. <laughs> a proper question. Okay. <laughs> um, so, what do you do? I know what you do, but just tell people what you do. What do I do? I'm a location scout. I am a writer. I'm an actor. And sometimes I pretend to direct. <laughs> well, uh, I would say, in pretending to direct, you're far better than a ton of people who say they are filmmakers and have no film made. I was one of those until a few years ago. Uh, so... Yeah, I mean, it's like there was this argument about who's a filmmaker on yeah. some forum or so. Yeah. yeah, I told them a filmmaker is someone who has made a film. Yes, I won't say this, and it's not to insult you. A location manager is not a filmmaker. That's my feeling because he doesn't control anything. He doesn't like he's like the director controls all the aspects. Yes, he needs these people to support him. And I know Marie is, 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 is considering my answer and how to come back from that. Uh, but no, no, it's not, it's not to insult. It's like one person has this vision and all these people come together to support that vision. But by themselves, they don't have that vision. So the person with the vision, in my opinion, is the filmmaker. Okay. Back in the day, Europe, the writer and the director were always one person. They were always looked at a the author, yeah. the author. Yeah. So you write the project, you direct the project. And so basically you control the creative creative aspects. But then Hollywood split those two things. So now the writer and the director became different people. But anyway, your take on that. What do you think? At least you're a filmmaker, so you... <laughs> In my book. <laughs> Yo, I'm... I'm what do I think? I, I don't even know what I think. 
does are you as your in your role as a location manager a filmmaker and why my filmmaker in my role as a location manager and why <laughs> I just challenged the man. <laughs> You've never thought about it from never, that point. Never. Okay, but okay. So what's your definition of a filmmaker? Maybe you can start from there and then you can find easier to is is a person who's involved in the making of a thing by description or by definition. I understand your question. Okay, let me put it in a different context. Uh-huh. Car assembly, car manufacturer. Okay. The person who works on the assembly line, are they a car maker? I would say they are. How? Because they are in, involved in the making of the car. <laughs> With, without them, there's no car. You could you could say when you come back to the film, you we, you could say the director is a filmmaker, mm. but the director is incapable of executing this vision alone. That's no, true. I get you. Yeah. And 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 the fact and the fact that anybody anybody that anybody that supports him, the, the director in, in in the making of the film be it be it a locations be it the locations department the production design at department these are people who who invest years of study mm-hmm. i would imagine yeah uh who, who who or rather let me put it this way who invested in the becoming of that yeah thing that they are mm-hmm. in the in the in the process of the making of a film so they are filmmakers they may not say i own that film they may not say i wrote that film or that was my vision for the film but simply the film doesn't exist without them okay so are you the filmmaker of supermodel or are you the filmmaker of lucara ah, these see. are all one I fine see. day one fine I day see. films just in case you i see i see i see you i see where you're going with that and so i'll answer it <laughs> by saying that i am a filmmaker who was involved in the making of lusala and i'm a filmmaker who was involved in the making of supermodel so if you have never made a film let's say let's remove the directing part yeah right yeah the producing part yeah if that didn't happen and you were just a location manager and you worked on these projects would you still say you're a filmmaker who may who worked on these projects yeah, i would say yes i would say i am but you've not made a film but have been in the making of films guy yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> if I, i think <laughs> I see where I see I I see I see what you're saying yeah. and 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 I have and I have multiple ways where I want to throw jabs at Kenyans mm-hmm. or supposed Kenyan filmmakers mm-hmm. in 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 this context but uh if if someone says that is their director mm-hmm. which is I think the most people do say around here we have very many directors who have made no who directed no films oh wow they call themselves directors and they've not made and, a film yeah wow okay now those ones are different breed so that so that that's 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 the breed i would totally tell to show their words where the sun doesn't shine and the filmmakers This okay this is an interesting one because now I'm seeing even in my mind I'm seeing how many people say they're filmmakers but they haven't made any films Yeah the reason why you look at yourself as a filmmaker is because you have made your own film Yeah You get yeah. it's yours Yeah If you can't call it yours Studio Sala is not mine Somodo yeah. are not mine Yeah They are Polycarion Somodo is Licarions Dusala is Mugambis You see eh? because they are the make like how to say it's like there can only be one filmmaker on a project or if there are two directors you get even the producer maybe okay let's say producers could qualify as filmmakers yeah but if the director has been chosen 
the amount of influence the director has on that entire project first supersedes that of any other individual crew member. You see, eh? So without without the director's guidance, you're just a location manager. I'm just an accountant. Like that's all we I, are. I'll, I'll 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 come to. I'll go back to the village, which makes sense to me. He's a person who's involved in running a farm, but doesn't necessarily plant the crops a farmer. See a farm hand. Yeah, he invested in the farm. Yes. He's not a farmer. And this is why. Because he's not involved, like, he has no knowledge of farming, right? If he has knowledge, that's different, and he influences the decision-making on the farm. Okay, he could influence because he's an investor. But if he has no knowledge, then in fact, I'd rather he doesn't influence anything. Because the only thing he should influence is like, okay, you guys are spending so much of my money. <laughs> but that's like an exec producer of the project. You can't, like... But you say, when you say, when you say influence... And, and I come back creative to, influence let's just say creative and, and, and I come and I come back to I come back to a film when when you speak about creative as you qualify it creative creative influence yeah there are many creative decisions that are influenced on a day to day in the making of a film by all departments doesn't that that these people hold a degree of influence doesn't that make them filmmakers no look that's your job it's like me calling you and telling you you're going to this is your part in the assembly line of a car you fit in the seats that's your job you're not so, there to fix tires so are you not a car maker you can't say you're a car maker what, like you're just a you cog then? in a wheel no you're not the director, for example, no, he not. brings all these things together into this one thing. You work for the director, this, not the producer, you, by the way. I do, I, that I agree with. But this director who brings, who, who brings all, who brings everything together. Yeah. I know he can, needs he needs those other people. I've not said he doesn't, and I'm not saying they don't work. They work. And I, I say this with all respect because you know I've worked on sets before yeah. and I know what it's like. Yeah. The reason I say this is because the distinction needs to be made. And I think that's a going to be a long debate with people because a lot of us are masquerading as filmmakers. Before 2017, before my very, very... No, actually, before 2018, before 10 o'clock, I couldn't even call myself a filmmaker. I was afraid of that position because uh, I was like, okay, so... I'm saying I'm a filmmaker. What work do I have to my name? I used to write, but does that make me a filmmaker? Like, the script is not going to write, it's not going to direct itself. Again, without the director, there has to be a director. I, 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 I want to think of it differently. So the question, before, as you say, before you made 10 o'clock, you had the question... Are you a filmmaker? And your answer was no, because you hadn't made a film. Yes. I want to look at. I would. I would look at it differently. If I call myself a filmmaker, mm. what what investments have I made that give me uh-huh. that permit me to call myself that? Okay. Is a student is a is a is a student uh, studying film a filmmaker? Yes, if they make a film, yes, a student film is a film. A film Before, is a film is a film. In, in their in their in their first semester, they certainly haven't made any film. They're not a filmmaker. What so? They're just are they, students. Filmmaking is doing. It's a, it's a, it requires an act. I can't be studying something and then go aha. I have a, good, a better example. Mm-hmm. Not a better, but a, another example. I worked on Queen of Katwe. Okay. I acted in it. Okay. A small part. And I also worked small in the crew. Small part uh, next to Lupita. Okay. There is that. <laughs> Who Kenyans don't seem to like. Some Kenyans, <laughs> but Misawa too. Kenyans, Kenyans have their own problems. <laughs> yeah. But, like, so I worked in the crew. So I have two positions in that project. Yes. 
I worked as an accounting clerk and I also worked as a, as, as a, as a, as an, a, a speaking extra. Yes. So now you tell, a featured extra rather. So you tell me, am I a film, am I a, did I, did, did I make Queen of Cartoon? Of course you didn't make Queen of Cartoon. I did not. You did not put anything, put any money to it and you did not write the, 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 sto- you, the story, but you were a part. You were part of the making of. Fantastic! You and if you were no, you were part of the the making of. And I've not refused that. I, I believe just and, so you and, know. And I for believe. me, that's and for me, that's that makes you a filmmaker. How? So I go around. I want to say, I'm, I'm, I'm the maker. Now, the, now the, 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 I think that's a completely different thing. That you're speaking to ownership here when you say about people. Yeah, but it's about ownership. I make a, I make films. So you you only a filmmaker if you own films. No, if you had significant creative input into a film. When I say significant, it's department spanning. Like it goes across different aspects of the film, from the development to pre-production to production to post-production. If your if your input is only at the production stage, you didn't make the film. At least that's how I see it, because you have no ownership. Look, you we hired you come and work for me on, on ten o'clock, and you go away. Me, I'm stuck with that film in post post production. I'm stuck with it in distribution. So is it your film? No, it's not. It's my film because I am involved. I have a stake. Yes, that's why I think even producers can call themselves filmmakers in that way. Yeah. <laughs> I do not agree with that at all. <laughs> and because I've never thought about it, I'll reflect upon it and come up with an argument on why I do not agree with it. Yeah, maybe we'll have a second part of this, yeah. of this interview. Yeah. But I think it's a... It's a um, I actually didn't even intend to ask it, but I, I was just like, hmm, interesting, let me try it. Yeah. And I know that a lot of people are like you, they've not considered the implication of the word. The and, 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 and I think if you were if to think for them, this world where you say now, or rather this world where you now deny them the title filmmaker, <laughs> is the only world they know. <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 think of uh, location scouts, location managers, uh, props masters. Mm. Yeah, there are people. This is all they do. So there's there's not any other world they know apart from the world of filmmaking. Even mm. though they do not have within themselves the capacity to write or to. Direct creative engineer a picture. Okay. And that this is the world where they are wholly this is where this is the world in which they belong. That for me makes them filmmakers. Ah philosophical debate. That for me makes them filmmakers. Anything 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 else would just be what? Semantic. <laughs> no, it's not going to be that easy. No, really. Because how how could how 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 can you say? So you you produced you produced your films now. Mm. Now uh, that now that you say you're a filmmaker, the people who came on board to work with you mm. or to bring uh, to fruition your idea. Mm. Think about it this way. That's the only thing they know how to do. It's fine. I That's their it. whole world. I get it. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying. I'm not, and again, I'm not and, invalidating that. Yeah, and, and 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 I know. And I know it, it may sound as uh, a simplistic argument to give, but that that is their world. That's the only thing that they know. That's the only thing that they do, and that's where they've invested themselves. That makes them filmmakers for me. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I'll test it on different different different, <laughs> different people. I've never had. It. I mean, like I get because we had this. this it was an argument within a WhatsApp group, so okay. we, I couldn't hear like voices. Yeah. 
And yes, I'm supposed to say, yeah, I'm a filmmaker. Blah, blah. Of course, I came from my own argument. I just really to understand because also, not that the term is important, but I guess we're about identifying. Otherwise, we wouldn't have these positions. Um, because when I was in Wagadugu uh, uh, last year, whenever they'd refer to the writer-director, let's say the filmmaker, mm. you get... Mm. Or the author mm. of the project, yes. yes, in French. So it almost felt like Juliana, who's my cowboy, who's my producing partner on this on this project, conversations with my mother. She she seemed like just what's the word support support staff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and like the director. That's why they say a film by you know the director. You know, it's not a film by the producer. And even though in yeah. Uganda there were some guys who were having this argument about mm. a particular film a few years back. Yes. The, the producer, that, in fact, according to my argument, the producer is a filmmaker. But according to the, the European or the French argument, the producer doesn't make the film. <laughs> it just exists to facilitate. Yeah. And everyone knows their place in the, in the, in the pecking order. Yeah. So, yeah. It's an interesting question. So, we will put a pin in that for well, now. Yes, yes, we will. Uh, continue discussions. I shall, I shall, I shall ask, and I'll probably get back to you with poll results. Ah, uh, it's okay. <laughs> They're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Now, my question is: um, What led you into locations? What led me into locations? Maybe to refine the question, but to make frame the question better. Yeah. Why locations? I mean, you, you studied film, you did all these things. Yes. Why locations? Uh, um, hmm, looking for a quick way to say these anyway. So, uh, I we do... have time. We, we have time. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> I do... I definitely studied film to be, as some would say, a filmmaker. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the two... The two Oh, when 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 I was making my first my first film, there there are two there are two things that were very that were very present in my mind at the moment: mm. uh, a market and the film community, mm. of which none knew me because that I was I was I was still in uni, and, and that was how I introduced myself to. What are they? I say to filmmakers in Kenya, <laughs> <laughs> to makers of film in Kenya. <laughs> I, 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 I had I had this short film that I'd made, and that's how I I, I, I got to be to talk to people and be like, hey, I, this is my interest. This is the path that I'm taking, and here's the evidence, which is kind of. It's weight to what you were saying. <laughs> Here is the evidence that I'm a filmmaker. But the reason, and and in after 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 the first short film, I I I made I made two more, and one day, in in just a moment of contemplation, I, I realized that I knew a very narrow segment of the. Kenyan crew. That's the segment. That's the people who've been referred to me, who worked with me. That's it. Yeah. And so, taking locations was my way of stepping into a space where I knew that I'll exp- I'll get a, I'll I'll get exposed to a big percentage of, of the of, of the Kenyan crew community. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested, and that was, and, and why that that and why that was important for me is that I'm interested in knowing people beyond the job. I'm interested in forming. I have my own ideas of how I would love to see things uh, done, or how I'd love to see things run. And and the, and the constant thought at that point was, I cannot 
interrupt a pattern unless I've been, I've been a part of the pattern. I cannot be a stray. I cannot be the stranger who's with ideas of uh, what. As as my story is about high school, told you, I'm a rabble rouser, <laughs> and I have had enough of rabble rousing as a filmmaker so far. But I needed, I needed, I needed to, I needed to be at a level where I spoke and wo- and and interacted with crew members as a crew member myself which is why I took locations ah. I get to speak to everyone so you did it because you wanted to speak to everyone yes I might dig deeper surely you could have been a a sound person mm. uh, a sound person deals with if you think about it a sound person will mostly be with the producer and the director and the actors Ah, so you went yeah. in a position that was... At, at no point do they speak to the caterer, at no point do they speak to <laughs> the, the cleaners, the cops. Ah, so you went in a position that was uh, flu- not, not mobile. Mobile, yeah. Okay, yeah. makes sense. It was also... It was also I, do, I, do, I do intend to run my own production company. And school taught me uh, the business part of it to some extent mm. but I needed to know the human beings who were involved in this chain that is the making of films and understand their worlds and be in their worlds okay yeah okay makes sense um, so to go backwards um, you love history and yeah, I do. Um, I don't know how it, um, as the question was framed in my brain and it, it, it ran away but do you as a filmmaker have you had the opportunity to grab that history and put it in the work that you're doing or is that an intention of yours at the moment it's an intention okay because I, uh, I do not have any work that I can say or that I can look at and say history show, should have been that work but, but I've been involved uh, in, 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 in other projects as a researcher where I've exercised a bit of the history that I know but ultimately everything that I've studied or everything that I'm interested in I can only, or rather, I will only express to my satisfaction once I'm making films that, or even just writing works. Because being an author in, in the literature world is something else that also interests me. So, one, yeah, so once. Once I'm doing that, um, and I'm the author, <laughs> then, then I think I'll then I think I'll say I've exercised history to my satisfaction. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. What other thing do I want? Do I want to know? So, are you writing any projects at the moment? Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. So what what kind of what is it like strictly film or are there other avenues that you're expressing yourself in? Uh, I have a number of avenues I'm expressing myself in. So to speak about the works that I've written, I have to go back to the moment I dropped out of university. Yeah, because <laughs> inciting incident. Because <laughs> <laughs> because uh, that was in I think. What year was that? 20, 2015. 2015 is the one year, the first year that I spent fully outside of uni. And and the reason that I did that was because I'd gotten to a point where I felt that my that my that, that the freedom to write had been taken away from me mm-hmm. uh, because. Kenyan uni I don't know I can't speak about it now because I'm not 
studying film in any university currently. Yeah. But back in the day, a lot of it was trash. And the reason I say that is because its foundation wasn't purely a film foundation. It was mostly a literature foundation. Yeah. So majority of the lecturers are people who'd studied who'd studied literature, never practiced film. So they were very heavy on the theory, and they were also very heavy on the set way of doing things. Okay. So anyone coming up with any new ideas or any experimental ideas wasn't encouraged to grow in, in that in that way. And that's who, and so when I say that I feel that I felt like my freedom of writing had been taken away from me, that's that's what I mean. And so I quit I quit uni with the idea that I would go into uh, a year of self study and into I at that moment at that point I was saying eight years of just writing scripts. Okay. Not producing any, just writing them. And uh, earlier, earlier, earlier this year, I was having a, a conversation with a friend who I'm interested in working with as a as a creative producer, rather with him being in that capacity of a creative producer. And we were counting the scripts that I've written. And so at the moment, we we do we do we do have. We do have five shots, one feature, and one documentary feature that we are certain that we do want to pursue the production of that. Because I have, I have, have a lot of written works, and when you say other forms, poetry too. Because at that point, when I was quitting, when I was quitting uni, I was also. Uh, dubbing in the world of what's it called literature, story moza I was learning a bit about creative writing through story moza yeah. and one of the areas that was, a, that was very strong at the point was poetry and so I've been writing poetry for the past again, seven, seven, eight years and all and, and so over, over, over the years I have, I have had have had conversation, for instance, with my poetry. I have a, I have a very qualified editor just who checks who checks through everything I, I write because I don't write for writing sake. I write knowing that the long term plan is to publish. So there is that too. Mm. Yeah. Question again. So all interesting. Mm. I want to know. Since you dropped out of uni, would you advise someone to go to university to study film in Kenya? Uh, no. Okay. I wanted to say it's a tough one. I I wouldn't. <laughs> and and it's 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 a bit. It becomes complicated when you when 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 you look at uh, the people who who going into uni to study. Some only have Kenya as their most viable option. When we're speaking, when we look at finances and, and 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 such, and for them, I tell, yeah, go study, but don't lock yourselves in the university rooms. Mm. There are people there, unlike unlike when I was getting into uni. We now have uh, film makers who are not selfish with their knowledge. We have people who are constantly seeking to mentor others. People who who are doing their workshops, who are calling people as you did with uh, with your film, mm. uh, the uh, Color Black. How you had USIU students come to. Sort of intern in the making of the film. Yeah, those those opportunities were were rare when when I was getting into film school. Yeah, but right now there are plenty. So anyone who gets into uni, I'll tell, 
keep your eyes open. Don't spend your weekends in uni. Spend your weekends on sets. There are sets that will definitely be very, very willing to, to have you there. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah, we need to wrap this up. So, um, what's the future like for you? I know. Two questions, actually. Okay. Let's end with the future. Okay. Let's go with the, in terms of locations. Yes. What would you, what do you want to say to producers that want to engage you on a project? (laughs) This is your chance (laughs) to put your wish list out there. It's my criteria for working (laughs) on your project. If you put these things in place, me, I'm good. It's not. It's not always about the money. I know it's not. That's the that's the that's the one thing I want to tell them. It's not always about the money, because you do. In 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 my experience, people make people make extremely. Uh, looking forward that will will still have me having jobs after people listen to me. But people do in, in, in the name of cost cutting yeah. people make such radical compromises mm-hmm. that badly affect not just not just the films but even the morale of the people working on the films yeah because any any time any time you're saying i need to cut cost and there and then i have a friend who has an apartment so let's go with that apartment you your influencing with that decision a vision the director had an yeah. idea the writer had uh you probably increasing the workload for uh, the art directors and again in my experience every time people have cut costs on one side yeah have they they end up overshooting the budget on other sides yeah uh, and and enough people don't seem to understand that each action has an equal and opposite reaction exactly <laughs> Did you find that interesting? Yeah. Okay. Um, but also I noticed that, and this is my observation, and I'm not a vocations person, that a lot of people, and we're having this with this conversation with a friend of mine, because yeah. I put in a group, I was asking about a location scout in Uganda yeah. for this project, this feature film I want to shoot. And so my idea was to find out who are the people on the ground that I can already start to have a com- conversation with and get like kind of images and like ideas of where to shoot. Yes. And so I got some names and then someone reminded me of someone who worked on Queen of Katwe. This friend of mine uh, told me about this guy on Queen of Katwe. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this guy, blah, blah, blah. In fact, those are the guys I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe if this guy says no. Mm. But Kenny said something rather interesting that a lot of people think it's about just, oh, here is a house. Yes. You yes. can shoot in there. Yes. But there's so many other considerations. Yes. What's the traffic like, the human and the vehicle traffic? Is yeah. it near a mosque? Yeah. Is Do planes fly, fly over? Yeah, exactly. planes fly over? Yeah. Yeah. planes fly over? <laughs> Jesus, this is Lord. Do, do planes fly over? Yeah. Uh, when is it busiest? When you're going to shoot, uh, the, like say you want to shoot on a Friday. Now where we are yeah. is uh, we have a mosque just a shy 50 meters from where we are. Yeah. On Friday it is mad. Now if you want to shoot in this restaurant on a Friday, it's a no go. Yeah. Because all the people from the mosque are coming here for lunch. Yeah. You know, and that means you're you're, you're messed up. There's food traffic, enormous food traffic outside. What's the security like? Uh, there are uh, services close by, like hospitals mm. and, and clinics and mm. blah, blah, blah. Where's your unit base going to be, you know? Where's the production office going to be? Where are you going to put the cars? Where are you going to put the, the portaloos? Like, hey, people think it's just, uh, this location works for our film. My friend, you'd sooner better off shooting in a stage 
for like a, a designed set in a in a warehouse. <laughs> and, and then there's one more. There was one more thing that not enough people comprehend. Location management is also an exercise in PR. When you're making that film, you're making it within a community. There are people who live where you, yeah. where you, where you making your film, and most of the times the person who's in contact with these people is your locations manager. Mm. And it's it's a it's a it's a. It's not, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's a sad thing to say, but but it is sad. But it, it is the professionalism is not a thing that's is not a concept that we've fully grasped as people involved in the making of films in Kenya. So that in certain places which tend to be on the higher percentile, the filmmakers do not have a, a very good reputation. Yeah, there, there, there are places that have visited to scout and people outrightly say no. I can't have filmmakers coming here because they, in their in their entitlement, they did something wrong and they could not uh, either. Um, you see, you see this thing. Uh-huh. Entitlement. Entitlement. Yeah. So you have. <laughs> Let me, let me, I think, I think I, I'll speak, I'll speak broadly about it. And like, I'll brush over it, because it's, it's multiple thoughts in my mind uh, that I haven't sort of condensed. Celebrity culture, and what we understand to be celebrity culture in this nation. A while back, uh, there was a there was a, a film a film thing that was happening in Nairobi. Yeah, back back in the day when when Sugar uh, Nairobi Half Life, you know, when when there was that vibrance and people knew that Mali. exactly there's a there's a there's a new thing that's happening here, and so there was a forum that hosted Nigerian actors and Kenyan actors. Yeah. And I I was a student at the time. And yeah. So I I just I just I, 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 I walked up to the street just to observe and, and hear what people were speaking or people are saying. And there's a curious observation that a number of a certain group of Kenyans made. They stopped a Nigerian actor and and, and the actor uh, uh, signed autographs, said hi to them, and then walked into the hotel where they were being hosted. They stopped a Kenyan actor, and the Kenyan actor asked them to stop disturbing Oh, and wow. he walked into into the hotel. I'm not saying this is how everyone reacts. Reacts or everyone conducts themselves. Yeah, but enough times. We do look down upon the same people who, out of their goodwill, facilitate the, uh, who give, who provide the fertile ground upon which we can make our, we can make our films. When, 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 when someone in a community where you shoot in a film, out of excitement, stops stop to you to say hi to you, you may, you're working, and and I and I do believe they'll understand if you ask them. Not to chill for uh, you know for now because Kazina and Delea, but to outrightly be rude to people because you feel like they are disturbance to you. Yeah. Yet this is the same audience that we expect that at the end of the making of the films mm. will come back and watch our works. Yeah. It's a it's a bit it's, it's counterintuitive, and 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 that's and that's what. I've experienced that a lot in locations where people call, call me aside and they're like, hey, let's go talk to that person. Tell them to humble themselves. As Kenyans love to say it, watu patanapali. 
<laughs> which is to mean one day you'll be in trouble and that person you're looking down upon might be this person to come through for you if anything they are already coming through for you at that point where they are offering you their facilities or their services for your film yeah i like i like what you said um also the thing about it being an exercise in pr i'll share with you an experience on queen of katwe mm-hmm. so one day they go for a tech recce the dop is happy with his shot blah 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 everything's fine everything's kosher they've paid off like disturbance fees yes. to or, you know stoppage of business fees to certain people dop gets excited on the day of the shoot of the scene he goes to a vantage point and he's like what i can shoot all this <laughs> so he's like we're going to shoot this Mira's like, okay, we're going to shoot this. Yeah. Guess who has to deal with that? Ah. The yeah. manager. manager. Comes to accounts. Yeah. So, <laughs> the POP. <laughs> Now, it's, 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 I, I love, and I'm glad we've had this conversation because it's in remembering these things that I realized that a lot of people are good at seeing places. Yes. But, very few people are lo- film location scouts yes and also film location managers yes i think location managers i think you can get away with it no but no no not no, really no, not really no you have to understand the story you yeah. have to understand why it works yeah. why you need the thing yeah. and also have to find a way to talk to the people and tell them okay guys look we're going to, we're going to need more time here yeah. you have to be good at negotiation absolutely because Absolutely. if you're dealing with the cops the cops may may start to you know yes or you may find like i think you told us an experience where you had some rowdy humans who came <laughs> and wanted money and you wanted they wanted to be paid these petty yeah. criminals yeah and yeah. you know just having that conversation like being able to negotiate with people yes. is such a, fa- a, fi- a fundamental skill It's fundamental being able to speak to people you know and get them on your side well while under pressure from production yeah. from the director yeah. everyone was production a production design wants to outfit the location yes. you're telling them wait yes. we don't have the go yet it exactly. is locked it, yeah well, what's the word it's approved it's, it's, but not locked <laughs> but not locked <laughs> Oh my god. I remember those things from 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 Mark Gonzalez. That time, those times came up like no there was th- were three or there four. Were three. There, there were three. Uh the last two are were approved and locked. Yeah. Uh, the one before. Maybe let's call it identified or shortlisted or something. Yeah. So was what there those that have been shortlisted. Yes. Then they have to go through a process of approval. Yeah, yes. Now, then from that point the negotiations begin. Yes. And once those negotiations, negotiations are happy, everyone is cool, then the, lo- the contract is signed, and then the location is locked. Hey. <laughs> What? Now, you imagine in a situation where the DOP wants to shoot more, more coverage than he has, he has yeah. than he said in the wrecking. Yes, yeah. And you have to go through that process in record time. In record time. Actually, that's it. <laughs> Most of the time, we, we have to do it. Because I've had, I've had enough of those experiences. Where, and, and, and I have this prevailing thought always that the show must go on. And, and a lot of it comes from my training as an actor. So when as a director you're telling me you need you need I, I had this experience uh, in Supermodo the the film within the film yeah uh when and and, and there was a there was the the screening scene yeah when we did the recce for that uh, the director saw one side <laughs> of the market <laughs> but like 15 10 to 15 minutes to the shoot He saw the opposite side and he came to me and he's like, dude, I need those shops closed because I'll turn the camera around and capture that. Oh my God. And, 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 and that's just a conversation between me and him. Everyone else knows that we are ready to go. So between uh, the AD saying that lights, are, the grips are setting up and the AD saying we are now ready to shoot, I have to have made agreements with all those shopkeepers and the shops are closed and everyone is happy. <laughs> hey. 
My God, and and and, and that that uh, people management it makes me think of the perception we have as filmmakers about about certain about certain things. The first time, the first set where I went, not as an actor, not as a writer, but as a location scout, I had a friend. Who had also who was also a writer, but I decided to experience the crew, the crew side of things, and so she was also there as a as a location scout. And I remember a friend, uh, mm-hmm. her friend passing by and going like, "Wait, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, wait, wasn't okay? Next time there'll be a better thing." And 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 she made it sound like location scouting was the most horrible thing anyone could do. The other the other time I've experienced this is try enough. being a grip. And you it's know, not a horrible thing, but like yeah. hey, you can think you're suffering. <laughs> the, the number of times I've had producers tell 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 me, yo, the thing you're doing. That's how I also started. I've done that. And you're like, hey, what films did you scout for? What films did you manage? And when they narrate the stories, you realize, oh, they had a cousin who had an apartment where they could shoot or, you know. And and for them, that's what location scouting is. Well, but there's, there's so much more to it. It's actually a discipline that can be studied. Yeah, and then I think, in in a way, I, yeah, hopefully I have I, I have had the privilege of working with producers who appreciate what I do and who see what I do and its importance. I only hope that a day comes when that's the prevailing mindset amongst all. Okay. Okay. A few words, as we've gone over time. Okay. Um, what's the future? What's 2021 like for you? Well, actually, what's your theme for 2021? The one word on which you're guiding your entire 2021, be it projects, be it your personal life, be it what? Yeah. One word. One word. Not a sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Wow. Produce. Okay. That's the one word. Produce. Produce. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much. Um, Rithi Mwangi, location manager, filmmaker, (laughs) poet, and uh, overall row- former rubble rouser <laughs> of this here Kenya. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's been great having you. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, let's keep the conversations going. All right. And, uh, and let me know if you ever get a chance to speak to someone about what a definition of a filmmaker is. I definitely is. will speak to people about that. So, yeah. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for being part of the Take 6 Africa Film Podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to leave questions, comments, and suggestions on what you would like to hear on the show on our Facebook page at Take 6 Film. This episode was produced, mixed, and edited by me, Samuel Tebandeke. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you're listening right now. Please take a moment to subscribe, give us a rating, and share with others. For now, and until the next episode, it's a wrap.